Welcome to Love, Lead, Listen, a podcast from Alpha Gamma Delta. I'm your host, Emily Bice. Join us as we discuss topics that affect women of today and examine the ways that we can be women with purpose. Hello, and welcome back to Love, Lead, Listen. As some of you know, it is the holiday season, and today I really want to talk to you all about your holiday experiences. And to do that, I've brought in a special guest, Rachel Kessler. Rachel is currently the clergy's assistant for a synagogue in Rockville, Maryland. Rachel supports congregants with all life cycle events, birth, bat mitzvah, and weddings. She's a graduate of Townsend University in the Zeta Delta chapter and holds a BS in political science. Outside of work, Rachel serves as the vice president of the Chesapeake Alumni Chapter. In her free time, Rachel enjoys going out on new adventures and practicing her photography. Rachel, welcome. Hi, thank you for having me. We're so excited to have you. So Rachel, you work at a synagogue, so I'm assuming that you are Jewish. Is that a correct assumption? Yeah, that would be definitely correct. I am Jewish. I want to clarify to our listeners that Rachel's not speaking for all the Jews. This is just her experience with Hanukkah and her experience with the holiday season. So in the holiday season, I think the holiday that a lot of people automatically think of and they associate with Judaism is Hanukkah. Is that something you celebrate? Yeah, definitely something I celebrate. It's definitely one of the more fun holidays that we have. Um, The other ones are kind of a little bit more sad. So this one's always a fun celebration. Well, can you tell me a little bit of what Hanukkah is for those that are listening and don't know? Yeah, so Hanukkah is really the celebration of light. Uh, the quick version of the story was that there was this king, Antiochus. Um, he was the king over this nation that had like a ton of different religions. He decided, hey, you know what? I don't want to rule over a ton of different religions. I want it to be one religion um, and one certain sect of people. And it's very familiar through history that we can see today. And so most Jewish people left, but these people called the Maccabees stayed. And King Antiochus was like, all right, I give up. Um, You can have your temple. You can do whatever in Jerusalem. Don't bother me. So the Maccabees said, great, awesome, cool. We love that for us. And in the temple that they prayed in, they found oil that looked like it was only going to last for one day and ended up lasting for eight, which is why there are seven to eight nights of Hanukkah, depending on how you celebrate. That's so interesting to hear. So essentially, it's a celebration of a miracle, right? Yeah, definitely a miracle. Definitely something that, you know, when you have enough light to last you only one time, and it lasts a longer time, um, definitely something to celebrate. So for Hanukkah, you've told us a bit of how it originates, but how do you celebrate it? Yeah, great question. You can celebrate a bunch of different ways. My family celebrates it as you light the Shamus candle or the first candle, and that's the first night. And then from there, um, and I always get this wrong, I think you you light them right to left, just like how we read in Hebrew. And on the final night of Hanukkah, it's supposed to be this like big celebration. Some families celebrate at the very beginning and this kind of like dwindle out through the week and you get presents every night and you're supposed to play games and just like eat a bunch of food and be merry with one another. Sounds like you're just having a good time for eight days. Yeah, you're having a good time. You're here for a good time, not a long time. You're like, okay, eight days, I'm good. You get eight days to party and that's it. (laughs) Yep, pretty much. Well, you mentioned the presents and I think that's something that Christians especially kind of associate a relationship with Christmas and Hanukkah because there are gifts. Even though that's not necessarily true, can you explain how the gift giving of Hanukkah works? 
Yeah. So um, in my in my household, not household, um, we sat down on the couch when we were kids and my parents, my grandparents, my aunts, they would have us close our eyes and hold out your hands. From there, they would like run into this like obscure room where all the gifts are wrapped and they place them in your hands and you kind of like can tell by the weight of the present what it is and you open your eyes and you unwrap it so it's kind of like Christmas morning eight days in a row that's so fun so do you ask for specific things or how did your family do that um when we were kids it was pretty easy because it was like Barbie dolls and jewelry cases and like the easy stuff that most little girls would like not all but most and then when I got older I was like okay so my mom is Catholic. Um, my dad's Jewish. So she's like, okay, guys, listen, there are Hanukkah days and there are Christmas days and just give me a list. I can't, like, I don't know what you want anymore. And I'm like, okay, cool, mom. So now we do lists. Um, and now that I'm, I'm 24 now, and now that I'm a bit older, Hanukkah has kind of morphed in my house into all of the other december holidays. That's interesting. So what other holidays do you morph in there as well as part of your household traditions? Christmas. Uh, so like I said, my mom is Catholic. My mom basically told my dad, like, look, we can raise these kids Jewish. I'm not giving up Christmas. I love Christmas. And she like passed that on to her daughters. We kind of all love Christmas in the house. It's fun. Uh, we've got a tree. It smells nice. We kind of loop everything together. My mom figured, you know, what? it's one big gift giving day anyway. We might as well throw all the gifts in there. That sounds so fun. It sounds like the, like the ultimate holiday. When you're a kid and you celebrate Hanukkah and Christmas, it is just like, non-stop joy for December and you're like look what I got look what I got I get more presents and in reality you don't your parents just know how to space it out it's a special month <laughs> oh yeah my parents knew how to sell it they were like and here's a little one here and a little one there but when you're a kid it's all like it's all fun that's so fun well how have you seen the Christmas and Hanukkah dichotomy kind of play out in your household I know a lot of times because they fall around the same time every year, people kind of combine the two in their heads. How do you keep them separate in your practicing of them? Um, we don't actually. Really? A lot of, yeah, a lot of families have adopted what's called like a Hanukkah bus. So they, it's kind of like a play on the Christmas tree to kind of get more involvement from the kids. But in my house, I joked around with my friends last year, they, uh, Christmas and Hanukkah was, were almost identical um, time frame. And I joked, if get you a girl who can do both. I had my menorah and my Christmas tree and like all the presents but you know my mom did a beautiful job some years we have a blue and white tree oh I love that <laughs> oh yeah we light the menorah still I mean we do all the prayers and then of course Christmas we've got traditional ham or whatever you like to do on Christmas and we have Christmas morning presents and you know the awful family photos in your pajamas that are crazy yeah so we do it all we kind of just mashed everything together and said here you go we really, we don't really separate to kind of answer your question. We more like morph. That's so interesting to hear. Well, going to the lighting of the Hanukkah candles, that symbolizes the eight days of the oil burning in the temple. How do you go about that? Do you have any special processes that you do? Yes. You start with the shamus. I always want to call it the shma, but that's a prayer, not a candle. So you start the shamus and then you light, that's the first night. And then you will light the shamus first, and then the shamus will light the first candle, and then kind of so on and so forth. So you always light them from, I believe, right to left, um, and you let them burn all the way down. You do not blow out candles. It's very uh, traditional just like to let them all burn down. My menorah takes oil, so we throw oil in a glass cup, 
thread a wick and then light that. So it's kind of like it's kind of like the oil for all eight days. I know in my family, when we celebrated it with my grandfather, we would always light it with the youngest would light the light the first candle and then you'd go youngest to oldest. Did your family do anything like that? Uh, no, it was more like who wants to light a candle. And usually it's my sister who's a little bit younger than I am. She would light the candles and I would say the prayers or vice versa. Or one of us would do everything and everyone would just kind of be like, all right, is it time for presents? Can I eat some chocolate? Like what's going on? So yeah, but I wish we kind of did it youngest to oldest. That'd be kind of fun. I feel like that might have been for our family a way of like quieting everyone down because there's a lot of cousins involved. So I think it was youngest to oldest. So people would not argue. Oh, you're so lucky. My family doesn't all live in the area. So I only get to see part of my family on Thanksgiving. So that would be a really fun idea though when I get older. You have to keep that one. (laughs) (laughs) Store in the back of your head. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Well, when I think of holidays, I also think of food. What kind of food do you eat to celebrate Hanukkah? Okay, so I, um, huge chocolate fiend, we use what's called gelt. And it is gold tin foil wrapped chocolate coins. And you learn from a very young age to gamble for your chocolate coins. (laughs) Um, So I eat that. And then we also have what are called latkes, which are fried potato pancakes. Sometimes they have onion in it. Sometimes they don't have onion in it. Or sometimes you dip it in sour cream or you dip it in applesauce. Or in my case, because I don't like either, you don't dip it at all and you just eat it. Very controversial what you dip your latke in. That is very controversial. Yes. Do not, you don't want to throw down with someone who eats a different kind of dipping sauce with their latke or some, and even some um, different specs. So, like, that's the Ashkenazic side. Some of the Sephardic sides, they eat it with spicy sauces. Um, they eat it with more of a savory instead of a sweet or creamy. So, it really depends on your health. It sounds like everyone celebrates it a little differently. Yes, absolutely. You mentioned gambling for guilt. <laughs> Tell me a little bit about that. I'm very curious. <laughs> oh, God. So you have what's called a dreidel. There's a little song. And it's like dreidel, dreidel, dreidel. I made it out of clay. And it's just like spinning top. And if it lands on a certain letter, each letter means something. If it you land on a gimbal, it means you get all of it. If you land on a hay, you get half of what's in the pot. If you land on a nun, you get none. Um, and there's one more side, and I can't remember what it is, and I want to say it's like a fourth. But so that's how you gamble, and you play with your friends, and or in your case, your cousins or your classmates or whatever, and you all kind of get like four or five coins that are in a pouch, and you essentially gamble for your chocolate, which is really it's a fun fun game. It sounds fun. And it sounds like a great way of keeping the kids entertained. Do adults also play dreidel as well? Yeah, but all of my um, family members kind of like let the kids win. They're like, as much as they wanted the chocolate, like they also had their own personal bags of gel that they could just eat. But no, it was mainly, it's mainly for the kids. Although, you know what? Some, some adults can get pretty invested in a good game of dreidel. So I can imagine, especially if you have a competitive spirit to you. Yep. Like me. (laughs) pretty competitive. So I like to win at Dreidel. Well, I'm curious, what are some of your favorite memories around Hanukkah? Yeah. So the first thing that came to mind when we first started talking about doing this was my grandmother. My grandmother right now is 89. Um, This woman is top notch, top tier. She is like the most fabulous lady in the world. When I was in elementary school, she would come in to school to all of our classes with her little griddle 
and her vodka mixture and she would fry up latkes for the class and she became so well known in my elementary school that teachers would come to the classroom to get latkes or when I went I eventually went back there um, just to kind of be there also to vote which is very important the administrator had had still been there and she said is your grandmother still making those latkes those were so good and I, I was like Oh, I'm so embarrassed, but it's such a good memory because I, you know, um, eventually when I have kids, I want to kind of do the same thing, although it might be a little invasive to go fry up latkes for my kids' classes, but favorite memory, that's definitely got to be it. I don't remember most of the presents that I've gotten. Um, I do remember like our Hanukkah slash menorah. Um, so yeah, favorite memories, grandma frying up latkes for <laughs> all of the elementary school. <laughs> That is so sweet and sounds like she really wanted to share that experience with both you and your classmates as well. Oh, yes. Very, yes. Very typical um, Jewish grandmother. So all of our Jewish listeners kind of probably know what I'm talking about. Well, thinking of the memories that you have inside your home, do you have any special family traditions that you do other than lighting the menorah or playing dreidel? Do you have anything that you do specifically for your family that you think of when you think of holiday traditions? Holiday traditions, yes. Hanukkah beef, no. It was pretty standard. Going, I went to religious school, so we would always like kind of, you come home just like you would from regular school and have arts and crafts. And so my mom has all of our hand-drawn menorahs and the things to move. The pieces of paper that were supposed to look like flames, but you know, you're like seven. But yeah, I mean, typically for holidays, you know, we go out. My mom's a big, she likes the real tree. So we go out and get a real Christmas tree. And we'll decorate the inside of the house with like Hanukkah stuff and Christmas stuff and like random things that we find that are just like holiday But Yeah, nothing too, nothing like jumps out at me when I think about Hanukkah though. So when you also think of Hanukkah, do you have a specific emotion or feeling that comes to the forefront, even if it's just happiness or I wouldn't, I would hope it's not sadness, but do you have a specific emotion that comes to, to mind when you think of Hanukkah? Warm. It's a very warm, it's like a warm hug of a holiday. Um, like I said, in Judaism, a lot of our holidays are sad. Um, a lot of them have to do with suffering or not eating or repenting all of that good stuff. So happy holidays are few and far between, but the, um, but Hanukkah is all about light and just like greasy potato pancakes and chocolate. Like what else would, would it be? It's a big hug of just holiday and family and togetherness and happiness. That emotion or that feeling of warm that really feels, I can feel that when you describe your family's Hanukkah and holidays set holiday settings. And that's so nice to hear. Well, for our listeners that are interested in learning more about Hanukkah, where would you recommend that they go? Ask your friends. Go on YouTube. Oh, oh God. You can probably listen to the Maccabees, which is a little embarrassing. But I know that off the top of my head. But the Maccabees are fun, and they do all this, like, Jewish material. Um, and they actually do a really good job of explaining holidays through song. Um, but definitely talk to your Jewish friends. They'll probably invite you over. Um, post-COVID. Yes, please only go over post-COVID. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, 
the thing that I love about my religion and the people that are Jewish is that we are always like, oh, you've never experienced this? Well, come, let's, let's experience this together. Let's have fun together. That's so exciting. It sounds like a very welcoming environment, especially if you're wanting to learn more. Yeah, definitely. So ask your friends, ask them to come over post-COVID or have, have them send you their Zoom link for Hanukkah this year. Well, if you could tell our listeners or the world one thing about Hanukkah, what would you teach or tell someone about it? It's a miracle. The miracle of Hanukkah. It's what I said. It's a miracle and it's fun. You get to celebrate it in so many different ways. Don't ever be stressed out about presents. Like I said, I cannot tell you. I've had 24 Hanukkahs, but at 24 Hanukkahs, I cannot remember a singular present that my family got me or that my grandparents got me or my aunt. You just really want to create that sense of warmth and being and have it be fun. Don't stress out about it. I love that. And it sounds like even from my experience of celebrating Christmas, same thing. You don't really remember the presents, which, sorry, mom and dad, but you remember the times and the experiences and the feeling of family more than anything, I think. And I think that may be a theme for a lot of holidays in this time. Yeah, absolutely. Family is super duper important. So definitely creating that sense of togetherness and warmth, like I was describing. Presents are great, but you know, sorry, parents. <laughs> I know I feel bad for my parents that have purchased presents in the past. It's like, sorry, appreciate them. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, Rachel, we're at the point in our podcast where I like to ask all of our guests this one question, and that is, what is your purpose? Every time someone asks me, and I've been actually asked this a few times. Um, I always like jump to the Alpha Gam purpose. Can't help it. It was drilled into me as a new member. I think for me, I, I would say my personal purpose is to help people. I studied political science with the idea that I could affect the most change and help the most people for the good. In my job, I help parents who have babies, like newborn babies. I have um, young adults that are getting married and planning their big celebration and their big day. The bulk of my work is done with 13-year-olds and their parents and going through this once-in-a-lifetime event um, and helping them process and get through it and a bunch of other little stuff. But my purpose is to help people and see their full potential through their eyes because I can see it. I'm one of those people that I'm like, you know what, you're, you're going to go somewhere. And I know that. So I'm going to help you see what I can see so that we see this together. It's almost like you're celebrating them in a way. Oh, yeah, all the time. I'm like, you are awesome. You know what? You got an A on your paper that you worked so hard on. Like, here's a pair of socks. Like, have, like let's celebrate it. Where like this 13-year-old kid sat down in my office and he's like, oh, can I just tell you about my day? And I'm like, please tell me, please tell me what is going on in a 13-year-old, 12-year-old world. I remember my problems at 13 seeming so important. So you caring about that 13-year-old's problems makes a big difference to them. Yeah. And they will tell you. All you have to do is just say, what's going on? Let me hear it. And it is you will find out that the person that they had a crush on likes someone else and they want to go to the dance with someone else. And I haven't hit my growth spurt yet. And that's why I'm upset. And I'm like, okay, well, you know, but yeah, 
my purpose is to help people and I'm going to keep doing that until I can't. Thank you so much for sharing that. That's so inspiring. It makes me just feel warm and happy. <laughs> Good. Good. That's what I like. Well, if our listeners want more of Rachel, where should they go? Great question. Social media. I am on Instagram. I'm on Facebook. I'm on LinkedIn. I am on Twitter. My Instagram handle is R-K-E-S-S-S-L-E-R. Um, Facebook and Twitter is my full name, Rachel Kessler. One, two S's in Kessler instead of three, like my Instagram handle. Well, if you want more of Rachel and you want to connect with her, go check her out on those platforms. We'll have it linked in our website like we do for all of our guests. Rachel, thank you so much for spending this time with me today and telling me all about your family's experiences with Hanukkah and the holiday season. I really appreciate it. And it made me so happy to hear about how you experience this. Thank you so much for having me. It was awesome. And listeners, we will not be releasing an episode on December 31st. Alpha Gam IHQ is closed and so are we. So we will be back on January 14th with a brand new episode of Love Lead Listen. So take the next few weeks off with us. Go back and listen to some old podcasts, but we will be waiting for you in January. That's all for today. See you next time. Love, Lead, Listen is recorded and produced at Alpha Gamma Delta International Headquarters and is generously funded by the Alpha Gamma Delta Foundation. Episodes are released every two weeks, so make sure to follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts so you don't miss out on any of our episodes. If you like this show, make sure to rate us five stars on iTunes and don't forget to share it with your friends. If you have an idea for a future episode or any other feedback, send us an email at podcast at alphagammadelta.org. I'm your host, Emily Bice, and that's all for today. See you next time.